Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 28th of February, 2023. This is the COB, the stuff you know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine here with David Scott. Scotty, we're calling it Turnaround Tuesday, are we? Look, I was trying to get creative, but uh, what do you say about a kind of like wafty, quiet yeah. rally? built on a bit of position yeah turnaround Tuesday yeah that's the thing right like it, it doesn't feel like there's any conviction behind this move it's not like there was a spectacular move on Wall Street it's all just a little eh waiting for the next data point to tell us whether or not the Fed is going to well this is the thing I had a chat with Matthew Sherwood from Perpetual today and it's not like he said the Fed is going to get more aggressive. You know, there was sort of some talk about, ooh, if the data is really strong, could we see a 50 basis point hike coming from the Fed? He said, nah, Ve- like very unlikely. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's more chance that uh, Jay Powell is going to go for a streak during the next press conference than delivering a 50, I reckon. Uh, the messaging would be all wrong, mm-hmm. uh, as we're having a bit of a powwow about yesterday on the other uh, podcast. The balance sheet is, uh, is still there and uh, still real- relatively untouched. So, yeah, go for it. If you want to get more aggressive, use that. Yeah, and um, it, like the credibility issue. But he did say that perhaps the Fed acted too quickly. There was too much of an abrupt move to 25 basis point cuts. I think what he was saying is, look, they, sh- they went from 75 to 25 very abruptly. Perhaps they should have thrown, you know, a little bit of a, a more gentle uh, decline in there. To start, he's still expecting a bear market, you know, by the midpoint of the year. Um, I, can't, I can't say that it feels much different out there to that right now. No, there's still a lot of headwinds out there at this point in time. And we know that a lot of these, uh, this tightening we're seeing coming through the monetary side of the equation still yet to really go and flow through to the real economy. And uh, it doesn't sound great, the outlook, uh, given how we keep talking about an unprecedented uh, increase in, in borrowing costs. So we'll see where it ends up. But uh, sort of history suggests that it's not going to be that great. Yeah. And um, spoke with Alex Pakoulis from Harper's Bernays. That's up online. Just how you should be positioning your portfolio because he still reckons there's further to fall for the S&P 500. And here and, you know, valuations are not looking like still cheap. So if you want to listen to that, it's up online. Um, I spoke with Sean Hickman from Market Matters today. He comes armed with charts. I know some of you out there really love the charts. Well, today we talked about a few companies because he reckons there's further downside in the market too. He's pointing to you know, the bond yields here in Australia, where they sit and where the market usually sits when they're above 3%. So look, he talks about some stocks that uh, you'd want to wait for a further pullback and other companies he's happy to hold even if there is a further pullback in the Aussie market. Um, look, reporting season, Scuddy still keeping on and the retailers still disappointing. Yeah, Harvey Norman. 
no real surprise, I got to say. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time, but telling us how I uh, know sales were down quite considerably in uh, January, and that's after uh, we go and put into the equation inflation. So things are, in volume sense, probably I uh, know turning over quite rapidly. Uh, not surprising because we bought so much stuff during the pandemic, didn't we? That I think we've run out of place to put it. Well, Scotty, I was just reminiscing, just as you were speaking, when we both bought a couch. <laughs> Was it last year, year before last? And we were both waiting for it to be delivered because it was going to be six to eight months before I could sit on my new comfy couch, which I will say does lose feathers all the time. But I went back into that independent sofa shop. And guess what the sales guy told me? That it's crickets. Nobody's coming through the door. They're not moving anything. Inventory is ripe. So yeah, Harvey Norman didn't come as a huge surprise to me, but like tough times for some of those smaller retailers. Anyhow, Harvey Norman is uh, ending the session down by yeah pretty close to 8%, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 8%. And uh, UBS has a sell on the stock. Um, so yeah, what else can you say? Heath Moss from HLM Investments. He's uh, from your neck of the woods. You know him well. And uh, yeah, we had a good chat about the retailers and that can be found online as well. And he told me what price he would be willing to buy Harvey Norman at Scuddy. Um, look, we don't have all these stimulus payments. It reminds me of a conversation I had with Steve Johnson from Forger Funds this afternoon um, on tech. You know, he said that he's just getting fed up. He's been talking to CEOs of tech companies that they own in the small cap space saying enough. Enough of this will be cash flow break even later. He said most of them have not done any or enough of the hard work to take costs out of the business. And that really needs to happen. Um, Scotty, in the bigger end of town, Tyro reported today, one of the few that reported today that was in positive territory. There we go. Uh, and of course, uh, it's under current appraisal as well from our private equity. So yeah, there's lots of other things going on underneath the, uh, the hood, which might explain some of the, uh, the, the, the measures. But yeah, more broadly, just throughout reporting season, we're seeing that uh, those companies that have beaten have not generally had too much upside. But when you miss, it's just, yeah, yeah it's nasty. And we saw that, yeah. Today, you know, Adbri was another one you can go and add to the mix. Uh, it was uh, the second uh, largest lagger behind Harvey Norman, and not, not that far behind as well. Again, just failing to impress the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, to encapsulate that, so Harvey Norman, Adbri down significantly on their disappointments. Tyro payments beat. Now, of course, it was pre-guided, but did beat. And uh, it was only up a paltry tenth of a percent. That was the stock of the day. Let's listen to what our expert guests had to say on the call. Uh, would you be buying at these levels? Uh, probably not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that, probably not. Why? Um, too, too many question marks for me still, and, oh. and the share price has, has now, is now well off its lows. Right. Um, at the lows, you, you, you have, a, you have a, a much better chance to, to, to end up positively. Here, the, the, the share price already has bounced a lot of the yeah. lows, yes. It's only got four years, so yeah, it doesn't yeah. meet our requirements, but I know the business reasonably well, yeah. particularly in the early days when it was a payments processor, payments, which was yeah. a very, very brave business to go into because yeah. they actually went into it to compete with the big banks who controlled that market mm. at a time we had deregulation. The deregulation didn't actually help Tyrod, it enabled them to get into the market, but it meant that um, they fought the, not just deregulation, it was the fact that the Reserve Bank dictated what interchange fees were going to be on credit right. cards, which 
And so if you would like to listen to their entire view on that company, please do uh, listen to the Paul podcast or you can listen to the call online osbiz.com.au hey we talked about retail sales silly ass not talking about the retail sales data so we did see a rebound as we had expected scuddy in the month of january but um look it it does show that the consumer is facing headwinds from high inflation and rising interest rate was there anything in there that investors should really look at beyond that no, I put a lot up on Twitter, which is pretty much the uh, the most instructive one you'll get through the entire release. There's a lot of information and a lot of numbers there. And it just basically said that uh, sales are unchanged uh, on a relative basis month on month uh, to what they were about four months ago. And uh, inflation's been pretty hot over that period of time, so volumes are going backwards. So the good side of the equation, as it has been for a while, is, uh, is weakening and softening up. Uh, the services side of the equation is looking strong now, but I can guarantee in six months, nine months' time, we're talking about the exact same thing. Uh, it's just a, a lagged effect and uh, no courtesy of the timeline and what we opened up after uh, the pandemic. Okay. Now, um, I would like to just remind people that GDP data is due tomorrow. We've seen a lot of these partials coming through. Uh, current account surplus widening to $14.1 billion in the fourth quarter. So thank you. Uh, you know, mining. Thank you, LNG. Thank you, all the usual suspects. Um, what are you expecting or what you, will you be looking for tomorrow in the GDP read, Scuddy? Compensation of employees per employee mm-hmm. and uh, unit costs, uh, no, labor unit costs. Uh, the two things that uh, the RBA will be watching because we've been talking about the potential for wage price spirals and everything else. Well, this is going to give us the closest amount of information as to what's really going on in the labor market. Uh, how strong is wage growth? How soft is it? We'll get a much better indication tomorrow. But really, it's it's ancient history. We, we say this all the time. Mm-hmm. Keep a close eye on household savings ratio. And of course, that's the flow, the proportion of know, after-tax income that we're saving. It's not the aggregate amount. Uh, so yeah, keep a close eye on that. That will maybe give us some information about how long this renaissance in uh, in services spending will uh, will see. Okay, well there you go. We will be looking forward to that tomorrow to get that detail. Uh, look, tonight we do get house price indexes in the United States. We get wholesale inventory growth. We get the Chicago PMI, the Richmond Fed Index. So looking forward to all of that. We also get the Conference Board Survey of Consumer Confidence out of the U.S. So again, we'll be looking at interest rates, uh, inflation pressures, and how they weigh on consumer uh, sentiment in the United States going forward. Um, look, Scotty, we've got another day. Uh, GDP will obviously loom large. We've got uh, still some laggards coming through in terms of reporting season. Um, so far for the week, the local market, and I know it's just two trading days, but down by seven-tenths of a percent, so don't get too blinded by the green that you're seeing on this turnaround Tuesday. Uh, really, uh, anything can happen overnight, but a lot of it will be continued to be dictated by any sentiment around where interest rates will go, how strong the data is in the United States. Yeah, markets managed to go and look through what was almost universally pretty strong core data last night, uh, durable goods orders and uh, no, uh, also penny home sales. Um, didn't see much reaction in bond markets. I think that was probably the catalyst for the little bounce in equities. But uh, we get more hawkish data coming out, which seems to be the way of the world at the moment. Uh, anything for January in the United States seems to be you know, turning to gold. We'll see how long that lasts. But certainly a lot of people are paying pretty close attention to what's going on the front and back end of that curve. Because the more it goes up, 
the uh, the greater the expectations that we'll get a big thud at some point later this year. Yep. And I should note that it's the end of the month, February 28th. And so over the month, the S&P ASX 200 closed down by 2.9%. Look, it's not something that we've covered today. It's not something that we do a lot because I don't know if it's exactly what our viewers come to us for, but I do think that it's worthwhile noting that uh, the Labor government has put forth um, a proposal that uh, tax earnings from superannuation balances over $3 million will be lifted to 30%. So that's the tax on super balances over $3 million. So that's up from 15% previously. So it's looking to, uh, you know, put that uh, revenue, which is about $2 billion annually, to, uh, yeah, continue to uh, reform the superannuation uh, policy in a more fair and equitable and sustainable way. So it is, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to just watch how those shifts change. We'll be speaking with some super experts in the coming days to find out if and how that will impact um, any of you out there. Yeah, it would have been nice to take it to the election and let uh, the population go and uh, decide whether it's a good thing or not. And uh, yeah, I'm a bit mixed about it. I can see why uh, you, you want to go and avoid uh, some gross uh, no, uh, tax avoidance in some very, very, uh, and I'm talking like a handful of people, yep. circumstances. But for a lot of others, it just it's the message, just tinkering with this system continuously. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not great. And unfortunately, I don't want to get too political here, but from a uh, labor side of the equation, there's a reputation that they like to go and raise taxes and this just is going to go and bode right into that argument again. So you know what the, uh, the, uh, the tax line is going to be from the opposition over the course of the next few years and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I think that the uh, rebuttal to that is that 99.5, and this is according to the Prime Minister, 99.5% of Australians will be unaffected by the change. We're talking the real top bracket, and uh, we're talking, you know, an unsustainable, obviously Labor is arguing, um, tax concessions. Uh, there's a lot of tax concessions in there in that super system. So if they're going to tinker in some ways, why not tinker in others away? Like, like let's not pretend that Labor's the first to be tinkering with super policy. Oh, Hundred percent, and and look, uh, it's only it's two billion over four years is the actual amount that's expected to go and uh, and, and be a save. The one thing I look at though is that the message. You know, is, this is a very small move, but what potentially could come down the line that creates uncertainty and policy uncertainty is not what we want around retirement. And uh, just speaking to some people, like you no, know, just you know, conversations in everyday life I'm having at the moment. I was speaking to one person about the NDIS, and obviously it's a fantastic program and it helps people, uh, you know, to improve their quality of life, but it is undeniable the amount that we're spending on that program each year, there is so much waste. So many people who are clipping the ticket on the way through. If you want to find some budgetary savings, well, that's one part that could go right way because there are people who are absolutely milking the taxpayer for everything it's worth. Oh, let's not, let's end it there because, yeah, we could go on and on when it comes to that. That, <laughs> Scotty. Uh, I have children to pick up from their swimming lesson, so I'm just going to leave that hot topic there. I look forward to a view at some point coming from you on that one if you've not done one in the past few years. Hey, Scotty, have a good night. We'll speak tomorrow. Uh, just to recap for our viewers and know, or listeners, I should say, market closed at 7,258, up by 0.47. So let's call it half a percent. Yeah, it's a, a good end to what was a pretty sour month. So we'll see what the uh, odds of March bring. Okay, see ya. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 